Trigger warning. In this episode, there are descriptions of potential miscarriage. Please be mindful while listening. If you enjoy listening to inspirational stories from people just like us, facing the fear and doing it anyway, then you're in the right place. My name is Claire Hill and this is the No Rest for the Vivid podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 8 of No Rest for the Vivid. I do apologise straight off the bat before I even go into my little introduction. My son, it is half term and during half term I have, I don't have full time childcare for him which is good because then I get to be mum. However, he's not napping and is talking to himself and singing to himself three little men in a flying saucer so you may hear him sing in a minute he's on the monitor this is the only chance I'm going to get to do record the intro as I need to get the podcast ready uh, to publish to you all so I thought well this is authentic (laughs) this is there he goes um (laughs) so I can't wait any longer and I'm just having to record it so I do (laughs) apologize Anyway, how are you all doing? Firstly, a huge thank you to all of you who put orders in for Christmas. I'm absolutely blown away. It was my best launch ever. And I'm really proud of the designs. On If you haven't seen it yet, on Thursday night, me and my father-in-law, Chris, put together a little show of all of the collection. And I sort of called him Father Christmas, but... He hasn't got a big white beard. He loved it, though. I think everyone needs a little bit more of him on my lives. He's hilarious. Um, But it was really successful. I'm really in love with the products. And I can't wait to actually dress my house in them all. Uh, But, yeah, I'm going to put the link for all my Christmas collection in the show notes, just if you fancy having a look. I've brought out the Trussell Trust decoration again this year. Last year, I raised... £1,100 or maybe £1,200, one of the two, for Trussell Trust. Trussell Trust is a charity that provides emergency food for people living in poverty. And it's really important cause to me um, because I grew up in poverty. And during these holiday seasons, when I was growing up, you know, 30 years ago when I was young, I'm 36 now, there wasn't the same kind of support out there as there is now. So it's really important to me that now I'm in a place where I can discuss and promote charities that are important to me, that I do something about it. So for £10 from every Trussell Trust decoration goes straight to the Trussell Trust. They're £13.50. The other £3.50 just covers costs. I don't pay myself anything out of those decorations. And I've got much more planned, much more organised this year. Last year, I put them on and I'd sold like 200 before 10 o'clock. I was blown away and I got really panicked because then I had to make all 200 because I hadn't been organised beforehand. But it seems it's much more organised this year. So that's good. Also, I've opened a mailing list for my other business, Claire Hill Coaching. If you're interested, I'm going to put the little link in the show notes for that. Um, But I'm really enjoying my work in life at the minute. And I think that needs to be said. I'm going to blow my own trumpet. I don't think we celebrate each other enough or ourselves enough, actually. I'm, I am really bad at celebrating my wins. And I feel that being able to get my orders out 
on time as in within my lead times that you know my processing times being able to launch a coaching business and run a podcast yeah I'm pretty proud of myself I'm absolutely loving work at the minute really really loving it and I get to be a mum like I've been a mum today well mum every day you know what I mean but actually done fun stuff with my son so um yeah I'm really I am on top of the world at the minute so if you sign up to the coaching mailing list, I am going to be putting some tips and tricks together for improving small business mindset, making you feel a bit more empowered with uh, what you're up to. And that's going to go out one or, once or twice a week. I've not figured that part out. And I am putting together a group and one-to-one coaching program with limited spaces that I'm so excited about. Honestly, you know, when you just, you have an idea and you're, whole body vibrates because it's like that sounded weird but you know what I mean like you get goose pimples because you're just so excited that I'm going to be able to help loads of people that were like me a year or two ago it's just really really exciting um I've recently started coaching and I'm part of a group of wonderful women like they are amazing we're a girl band that's what we've been saying (laughs) and it was so scary to actually invest in myself because it was sort of like am I worth this amount of money but I really am and I'm already getting so much out of it it was really scary but it's so worth it so I'm going to stop uh wanging on because you want to get on with this episode I've had the wonderful Hina on this week Hina runs Mummy's Bubble which is a felt ball decoration shop and she designs the most beautiful art that you can hang in your house our discussion we discussed be, you know being small business owners but the most important part of this podcast is the fact that we talk about mental health and how important it is to raise mental health awareness so it's a brilliant episode I hope you enjoy it don't forget to rate and well I say um subscribe I don't think you can subscribe to podcast anymore but you can follow um, podcast now I think so please follow it please leave a rating or even a, a review if you can I really really appreciate it all the info to where you can find all of the details for anything um, and about Hina in the show notes. Hello, Hina. I hope you enjoy it. Have a wonderful Hi. week. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming on. How are you today? You sitting comfy? Yeah, very, very. Got my nice cup of tea as well, so Good. all set. Um, Excellent. You you read the memo about making sure you're nice and comfy with a cup of tea then. <laughs> I did, yeah. Amazing. So um what's your name and where do you come from and what do you do so I'm Hina I am from Milton Keynes but originally from London and I run my own business so from home creating felt walls felt wall decoration um from garlands and mobiles flowers paper clips the whole shebang (laughs) paper clips yeah oh wow (laughs) felt wall stationery I had to hit the stationery because I'm an addict on stationery yeah. <laughs> me too I've got past that fear of that notebook is too nice to write in I've got past that I was it was oh I still go through that <laughs> <laughs> but I had 14 unused notebooks and I was like this has got to stop so start actually writing in them so um yeah you've got a beautiful little business and the your work is I love like your your Instagram profile because all of it just seems so calming on your Instagram profile it's not like mine mine is like explosion 
<laughs> explosion of image. But yours is really soft, neutral tones, really calming. Is that intentional? Um, last year, it was very just haphazardly. I just kind of whatever I wanted to post, I was posting. It was actually really bright. So if you scroll down quite like to the big to the end of December it's a different world altogether <laughs> and then from January I was like I need to just give it a total revamp which is exactly what I did and yeah I kind of curated it to like a quote or a saying and then the following post to be an image or a video but mainly an image and then yeah I kind of just work along that way but yeah I quite like it it's a little bit more easier as well because I kind of know what I need to post next rather than just having to think oh should I do a quote or should I do like you know um Organized. an image of some sort <laughs> so you you've got a social media plan have you yeah in my head <laughs> <laughs> well done for having it in your head so most people don't even have that like, oh I need to post today I <laughs> know yeah. oh, that's good so how did you get into felt ball decoration um so I used to actually do teething before, but we kind of quit that market because it became just too saturated. And um, whilst I was doing that, I did start the felt ball brand. So that started about four years ago when my son was, um, when I was on maternity leave with my son. Um, and what we ended up doing was just creating a brand at home from our two bedroom flat. And we just, um, I just wanted something for myself, something creative, an outlet for myself because I was I was working um, in a corporation and I didn't really enjoy it. Um, so <laughs> I needed my own grasp and my own humanity, especially becoming a mum. You yeah. know, you kind of lose yourself, and yeah. you know that was really important for me to kind of have some control over something in my life. And creativity is definitely one of those things. The felt all side, um, it's just. It just, I don't know, I was just trying out stuff and I really liked the whole idea of natural products, especially as like, you know, with the eco footprint and, you know, um, we're trying to, we were trying to use like natural products on my kids and things like that as well and around the house. So for the business to be aimed in that way as well, it was really important. Mm. And, and felt wools are technically just wool, you know, wool, water, natural dye, and, you know, they just um, created, um yeah pretty much yeah it's a fully natural product which is fantastic and the string that it's strung on is cotton so you can't you can't really go wrong but if you've got felt decorations all over your home I do yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we, we redecorated my kids rooms um beginning of last year and they both wanted um some sort, sort of garland in their room so they made their own garlands and popped them up on the windows so we've got them up on the windows um, around the curtain pole. And then I've got one in the living room. And obviously, it's just there everywhere. Everywhere yeah. I look, my kids are collecting them. You know, if they're like slightly damaged, oh, can I have it? Oh, <laughs> really? Can I find it later? So there's flowers and all sorts. Yeah. Oh, wow. They're fully quite crazy. Yeah, very. Oh, amazing. <laughs> so the business side, how have you developed and grown your business over time do you did you have a plan at the beginning <laughs> I did actually because oh, well um, <laughs> what we what we decided was that if we were going to do it we we're going to have to do it properly otherwise it's just it's easy to kind of call it quits and we're not going to really take it too seriously which it is it's simple to do right mm. um you know you start off and then you kind of just go oh it's not working um so our initial investment was literally like 500 pounds it was a little bit of our money and a little bit my dad put in 
Um, and we thought that is all we're gonna invest. If we can make something from that 500 pound kitty, we're good. We're not gonna put any of our personal money into it. We're literally just gonna keep reinvesting. And that is exactly what we did. So it has just grown, like financially, it's just grown in that way, like from that 500, that initial 500 pounds, wow. you know, with a following of hardly anyone <laughs> <laughs> online. Nobody knew who we were um, when we first popped up. Um, so it's been really, it's been a quite an interesting journey. And, you know, we haven't taken anything out. It's only this year where I was like I need to start paying myself and that's like four years later where it was like I need to I need to take money out for me now and how um, do you so, how did you feel to, to making that decision to take the money out yeah to pay yourself yeah oh, oh it was massive pay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was massive. so from your work with your business um if you visit Hina's Instagram you do a lot of work around mental health awareness, don't you? Which I think is all credit to you. And this month is sort of a, a mental health focus over on your Instagram profile, isn't it? Because it's World Mental Health Day, which was a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah, um, it was around the 10th. Yeah. So how did you fall into doing so much work around mental health awareness? To be very honest, like I, I never kind of knew that I suffered from mental health. Um, growing up and stuff I probably did you know back then there wasn't very much talk about it or no one really took it very seriously Um, it was only when I became a mum with my daughter um, that obviously you end up with the baby blues and you know all that sort of stuff and I went through all of it again I didn't take much notice because it kind of subsided and I kind of just went on with my life Mm. Um, but when I fell pregnant with my son um, they um, I I was having a lot of pain and I went to the doctors and they just kind of brushed me off and said I was having a miscarriage. Um, And it was just, it was just like, I had like my, oh, she was like two, my two-year-old daughter with me. And I was just sitting there going like, okay, can you check me? Can you do anything? Like, you know, how can you just say I'm just having a miscarriage? Like I was freaked out. Um, And you have to go to hospital um, and, um, and they'll check you out. We drove down to the hospital, me and my daughter. We sat there for five hours and literally nobody knew that I was even pregnant at the time, except for me, my husband, even my daughter. She didn't really know. She was just kind of going along with it. <laughs> you know? and, um, and it was one of the most scariest times because I've, I've never been through that experience, you know, and, you know, there's many people that obviously will say that it's like the worst, one of the worst experiences you could yeah. go through, yeah. you know, and you're all alone. And I luckily touch word thank god it was all all okay um and I do think it's the fault of the GP which kind of sprung it up where then I just started to become very anxious so my entire second pregnancy was just built around being anxious about my pregnancy ah so it triggered the anxiety yeah, yeah exactly um it triggered it and I you know I really struggled you know I kind of started pushing my daughter away a little bit so it did kind of fluctuate but I started to get a lot more anxiety and panic attacks during my pregnancy um and then after he was born I was definitely a lot more overprotective over him I was at home obviously it took a year off um to be with my my little one when I went back to work I went back on a part-time status but I would struggle again 
I couldn't I couldn't leave him I you know and the thing is the thing is like you know when you go to these midwives and things like that afterwards and like oh you know do this do this little checklist and let us know how you're feeling and if you're doing okay except all these like you know mother tests and stuff you do them and you're just like yeah tick 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 I'm fine inside you're probably like dying but you're like no it's fine you know because one you just think it's normal everyone goes through it so why am I complaining you know yeah and you might look too deep into this more than you need to because you know it is a normal hormonal thing like my hormones are all over the place I'm a new mom I've got like a two-year-old and I've got a newborn and tired you know I'm tired exactly um but then you might think too much into this and what if you start looking to my family what if you start looking to my kids what if you like take my kids away from me you get all these thoughts in your head which are absurd thoughts but you just rattle them off yeah intrusive yeah and then yeah and then you just kind of go yeah I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine and you know you just call it a day so do you feel like you you hid it then oh yeah definitely oh wow oh definitely definitely like I didn't I didn't I didn't tell no health practitioner that like I was having anxiety attacks or anything like that I would just have anyone with it who did you talk to about it it was my husband wow he knew everything about it he was he was so supportive yeah um I didn't really talk to family about any of it because I just felt like they wouldn't really understand because we don't really have these kind of conversations very often yeah it's just kind of like I'll deal with it myself and then it got to a point where it got really really bad and I had to go see a GP and that's when I spoke to my GP and they referred me to mind and I started talking to them and doing like you know um their sort of work and therapy and all that sort of stuff which yeah and that's that's when I kind of got involved with mind on a personal level Mm. um but yeah it must have um, been so lonely to feel like that it is hard um you know uh, thankfully I didn't go as bad as I'm you know as you know some people might end up as you know I did have a support system which was like my husband you know he was fully aware of what I was going through so he was helpful in all of that um you know and then I started speaking to my mum about it because what I worked out later on was actually she used to suffer from panic attacks when we were younger yeah and I only I only only started remembering that time later that that you know she she used to to give those little brown bags oh right yeah the little brown bags and she used to carry one of those brown bags yeah she used to carry a brown bag with her everywhere and um and like whenever she used to need it she used to take it out and just breathe in breathe out like in that and I remember seeing her do that as a child but not actually fully understanding why she was doing that it's only Mm. when I started to get these attacks and going through what I did or you know sometimes I still do um you know that's when it kind of went oh like that's what she was doing you know like she also went through that and hers was more medical related like but again she never spoke to me about it growing up so again, it was like a subject that was never really to- talked about. Wow. So in she, the house. The mental, so those discussions just didn't happen. They didn't happen. No, they didn't happen. So and, you're yeah. so unaware of it growing up. And then at the time when we were in school, it wasn't a thing. No. You know, nowadays you see with our kids, like they're going to school, they have like wellness and well-being and therapies and yeah. all sorts. And it's amazing. It's just fantastic. Yeah. I absolutely love that they're doing all of that because it does need to be ingrained in you from a very young age absolutely 
Yeah, Whereas with us, yeah. kind of learning it from an older age as Absolutely. an adult. You know, mm. as an adult, we're kind of going, oh, you know, we need to look into this. We need to talk to therapy therapists, which again, like with us within the Asian community, is like, oh, no, no, you know, don't talk to a therapist. With us, for example, it from the older generation, so even my parents' generation, so um, like if I tell my dad, he'll be like, I'm not crazy. Why do I need to go speak to somebody? Like it's that mentality. And you know, obviously his parents, that generation, they didn't even you know they dealt with everything themselves it was whatever was happening in their house stayed in their house you know if they wanted to confine in somebody it would be like their parent or their sister or something it wouldn't be Mm. outside of that circle Mm. um so to go to speak to a therapist was like a big no-no yeah um and I think that's why mental health just hasn't been a very big subject other than possibly being seen as a stigma right within the society um, it's not a big subject overhaul to kind of um, encourage people to go see this and talk to people about your issues. It's seen as a weakness, isn't it? I think that's oh, the yeah. stigma that if you oh, yeah. have any issues to do with your mental health, then you must be weak. But actually yeah. seeking help is the strongest and most bravest thing that you can do. So you did yeah. exactly the right thing. But facing when you're growing up within a family um, that doesn't speak, speak about mental health, it must be so daunting to recognize that I I'm not I don't feel myself to be the best mum and best human that I need to be. I've got to go and get some support with yeah. this because um, I know it's going to make me better. That's such a brave thing to do, and brave may not be the right word because um, sometimes it's not. It's just having the courage, isn't it, to just say I'm I, I'm not well. I don't feel well because if, and this is the thing I always go back to. If you had a sore arm or you'd go doctors, you'd go to the doctors. If you had headaches all the yeah. time, you'd go to the doctors. If you're feeling really down and, or you're having anxiety attacks and panic attacks every day, you're not well. And it's just like that. It's not weak. No one says, Oh, you're having headaches. So you must be a weak person. Yeah. You know, it's that those kinds of links aren't happening. It's just raising awareness that actually you're stronger for saying I'm not well can I have a little bit of help please and then I'll be better well that's it exactly I think that's the mindset that needs to be changed and it is shifting it's Mm. not like it's not shifting I definitely think like my generation now um we are talking a lot more we are you know especially within our own communities as well we are talking a lot more trying to create awareness we Mm. are speaking with our families the older generations our children you know to kind of make sure that you know there is the nurture. We are kind of showing them that there is an, uh, another kind of way that you can deal with mental health or uh, panic attacks, anxieties, etc., rather than just kind of dealing it with yourself or keeping mm. it inside you. Um, so, yeah, it is, it is happening. It's still quite slow. It's not going to change overnight, for sure. But you know, all you can do is just carry on speaking about it and making yeah. sure that, you know, the awareness is out there. Yeah, and social media it. definitely has helped in that respect because you can reach so many more people. Like, I only have a couple of thousand followers. I'm not only a 10K, though. I'm not only. a ten k person. When anyone know. says that to me, I just think think of a secondary school full of teenagers, and there's only yeah. probably in a normal secondary school twelve hundred, and then you've got like double, two secondary schools worth. It's like it's a lot of people. Yeah, it's a lot of people. But that's, but but that's what I mean. Like in the sense that, like, okay, I've got that what. Three three thousand followers, but even if I reach 
one or two or a handful of them with what I talk about on my stories or through my posts. That's the one, two handful that I would never have been able to get to like in person. So social media does have that influence, which is really, really good. If used correctly, it can do some serious positive things. Absolutely, um, you yeah. know, in, in creating awareness, in, in helping, in just kind of just triggering something and just go, oh, like I see these signs in me or I see these signs in someone else. Maybe they need help or maybe I need to speak to somebody or, you know, just tiny little things because you might not have that face to face contact. You know, you might not have you. I don't know my followers by heart. Like, you know, I don't see them every day, but I know they're seeing my posts. And I'm seeing other people's posts. And, you know, just it's the whole idea of spreading that awareness that makes that massive difference yeah. Um, yeah. in helping a cause. And, you know, something that is actually quite important that we grow up not really thinking about or mm. taking serious, taking mm. seriously. What I feel is really important, and, and I have spoken about this on my Instagram, is just and like I I struggle with mental health in well yeah just sometimes I can get I go I can be really really down which you wouldn't ever notice really from my stories because I have like a toolkit that makes me feel well so like when I was young my childhood wasn't fantastic and this is like the leftovers like the hangover afterwards I'm really aware of what those things are that make me feel down and I have a toolkit that I do every single day and as soon as I start feeling a little bit down I'm like that's because I haven't gone for a walk that's because I haven't listened to my tunes I have a, a playlist I listen to every single day it's like my commute to work um, because obviously like you we where's our commute we don't go anywhere so I listen to that every day um, and I what else do I do I um, I have a diary I write all the time I love writing I make sure I talk to people um, yeah. one of the reasons I started the podcast is to work on my own all the time you know I'm a very social person but it's recognizing that it's okay to struggle with a bit of mental health it's fine because still this is the thing as well it shouldn't hold you back if you let it so if you can you get the right tools the right support have the right support network around you understand that you can take action to support yourself and I'm, I'm saying this from my point of view definitely that I've never let it hold me back I do know that it can hold you back but what it has hold me back that's that's probably me being um too general there it probably has held me back in some situations but since I am I I use my toolkit I'm very good at coping with it I suppose yeah I just cope yeah quite well because of those things but it's it's awareness that you can be aware of yourself do you know what I mean no I get it a hundred percent yeah and you you know what kind of makes you helps you kind of helps you get through those little points in the day or the week or you know where like you might not feel that 100% that you want to. And it is so important for you to find that, like, um, you know, everyone should have that. Yeah. And no matter what, everyone should have those go-to things. And that's like where this whole self-care thing comes in, you know, Absolutely. where you, where that is your type of self-care. If you don't care for yourself in the morning by listening to your tunes or going for a walk, clearing your head, you know, something's not going to feel right. And that's, you know, that's because your brain becomes a bit foggy. Absolutely. You know, during the yeah. day or gets bunged up or you know with like so much stuff that's going on naturally and you, we do we do that to ourselves mm. you know we do it unintentionally subconsciously it's 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 
it happens um and it's just for us to kind of wake up and go hold on I haven't done this I haven't done that Mm. you know I need to do this or even just like five minutes of that will sort me out for the next two hours Mm. and I'll be able I'll be able to get through it yeah Um, and actually going back to when we were saying at the beginning of the episode about self-care I do that every day so I do yeah so that's your self-care that's your self-care because that makes you happy yeah that makes you feel better to be able to go through your day and that's that's what self-care is that literally is it's it doesn't have to be something massive it doesn't mean you spend a crap load of cash that's right yeah it it doesn't it's not it's the tiniest things that we literally take for granted yeah that is that is all what self-care is yeah I've got Um, my four things in my toolkit I've got my tunes a walk and I literally just take Jackson down the road to his childminder usually um, or today I walk, I steamed it around Tesco's and um or which doesn't really count but that's all I could fit in today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um I read a book and I write those are my four that's things it. yeah that's it and reading and writing is fantastic because oh writing you write writing you can you write anything it can be it can be like the brain dump it can be your Absolutely. thoughts it can be your negative thoughts that can be just written down and kind of just ex- Extracted from your mind so that you can kind of feel fresh it could be something that you're passionate about you know it's writing does amazing things like I write I write a lot myself as well yeah um you know to the point where like I'm writing a book yeah me too <laughs> I've got to the point where I'm writing a book <laughs> isn't it the best thing ever though I say to everybody that point <laughs> just write write honestly it's the best I, I went through in February I started writing three a four pages every day have you heard about the morning pages I might have come across it yeah so it's a it's this task I mean it's I've I've really dipped off now because three a four pages every day every morning <laughs> is a lot um yeah. but I did it for about six months I did it till about the beginning of August I've got like books you know you're not even supposed to read them again so I don't know why I'm keeping them but it was all about just shoving everything onto yeah. paper so I'm not carrying it and it's just the most wonderful thing. And any everybody, if I ever speak to anyone that is going through a tough time, I'm like, just don't talk to me about like talk to me about it. Yeah. But please go and write about it. Because yeah. the way, and again, as a, for a small business owner, I'm my own best friend with my small business because I'm the only person who knows it as well as me. So I write yeah. everything down and process it all. You know what I mean? It's like to get that clearer head around yeah. what you're what you're dealing with. Yeah. 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 That's I it. love it. I having a meeting with yourself. Oh yeah, I do that too. Claire, what's it? What's on the agenda today? Uh, <laughs> I do, I do sometimes. Yesterday, when I was stressing about Christmas, I was like, okay, so we need to do this, and then we need to do that, and, then, then, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, I'm, and I'm like, I'm talking to myself. It's absolutely fine. I'm talking to myself, but that's what you have to do. Whatever what helps do. for you to cope, that's what we, you do. It. I need yeah. to do. Yeah, it's that's it's it. absolutely brilliant. Well done on your work, though, on that, because I imagine that when you start talking about something that no one really talks about, it is very daunting. But, you know, it's amazing that you're doing that work. It's really good. No, it's yeah, I I get a lot from it. Personally, myself, I get a lot because um, if um, if you've checked out some of the posts that I do put up, they are quite in depth, like as much as you can write in the amount of spaces they give, (laughs) you know, letter size they give. But I do try and put in different type of things in in each one to kind of just show that actually, you know what, like this is the real me. Like, yeah, I've got that smile on my face. I'm all happy go lucky and whatever. But actually, there is another side to me where 
I do go through things, you know, like a normal person. And, you know, you do have those days where like, you know, you don't want to talk to anybody, but you still just end up having to because you have to deal with life at the end of the day. You, know, you can't really shut yourself out, sadly. But um, it's just kind of braving through. And, and, you know, the sort of what I've gone through, if that helps one person even, then, you know, that's more than enough for me. Oh, amazing yeah it's just amazing. um it's just kind of giving out your experiences right to like other people that yeah. might be experiencing but haven't noticed it and so forth and yeah that's that's what I kind of do with with mind and also we donate as well so we at the beginning of lockdown everybody was donating out to the NHS and I thought that's fantastic and we were like we need to do something as well and obviously you know you had the rainbows out for the NHS and things like that and I actually had a rainbow garland already up on the website that we were selling and I decided well the NHS is going to be inundated fair enough you know everyone's supporting the NHS which is really great but actually when we come out of this people are going to need mental health they're going to need those services and that's from children to adults to NHS workers to Every single person will need some type of mental support because, you know, we are going through a pandemic. It's mm. a crisis. You know, nobody knows what's going on. People have lost loved ones. You know, people have been sick. And that is a really crucial um, network that needs mm. to be supported. And as charities go, you know, they are underfunded. Oh, and they yeah, have the to look they have to look for services, other yeah. ways of trying to fund themselves um so what we did was we started putting money away from each of our rainbow sales rainbow garland sales and sending it across to them again it's not massive it's not massive amount um you know but that is something that i'm just continuing now it's going to carry on just mm. Till the end of time. <laughs> amazing. amazing. Um, it's something i'm not going to i'm not going to stop that because i just feel like that's just a continuous charity that I, you know, as I do talk about them quite a lot. And, you know, I have got that personal connection that I just want to kind of give back as well. Yeah. And yeah. other than spreading awareness financially, if I can give back even a little bit, it makes a massive difference. Oh, so, amazing. yeah. <laughs> amazing, Hina. I always end this, the, the podcast with this question. What would you tell yourself 10 years ago that you wish oh. you'd known then, but you do know it now? I'll say trust your gut yeah definitely trust your gut because and don't rush you know society has like a threshold on you that you need to hit certain things by certain age groups you yeah. need to be married by a certain age you need to have children by a certain age you need to I don't know you, you need to be accomplished by a certain age yeah don't fall for that trap because that trap is evil like you know <laughs> it it can hold you back but also it could push you forward. It, it's like a two-sided thing. Like I am very lucky and fortunate that I have a husband that supports um, 100%. You know, because without his support, I would not be able to do what I'm doing today. And obviously, if I knew that 10 years ago, I'd say, yeah, go for it. <laughs> but if I didn't know that 10 years ago, I don't know, I would have said, just don't get married so soon. Um, you know, actually live your life a little bit. Give yourself a bit of a chance, explore the world a bit, explore, grow, like be more, find out who you are before you become someone's wife, partner, mother, you know, um, 
because there is so much to learn before you do that. Yeah. And I definitely did it too early. But what I have gained from doing it too early is that I've gained a husband who's actually taught me a lot. Stuff that I wasn't aware of before I got married because my circle of friends were a certain type, you know, just things like that. There were certain types. Whereas he's actually brought a different part of me into, like he's awoken a different part of me that I never had. And I probably might not have had for ages if I hadn't met him, to be very fair. So the credit is due. <laughs> Where is due? <laughs> yeah, I think the same about my husband. So, I was always you exactly know, the same. Yeah, it's lovely, um, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't it marry is. him too young, though. <laughs> he's oh, no. like, he an old man. No, he's 32 when I met him. But um, <laughs> he oh, was I, I see, set I, yeah, in his I, ways. <laughs> yeah, no, I got married at 23. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I was young. I, yeah. I, yeah, I'd come out of uni and I think I was working for about a year and a bit. And then the arranged marriages started coming through. And I was like, yeah, all right. Then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, it was, it was, it was, it was good. It was good. I'm quite glad I found him. Um, where can people find you, Hina? You can find my website at mummiesbubble.com or on Instagram, which is where I'm mainly on. Again, uh, handle is mummiesbubble. Amazing. So, yeah. That's where you'll find me. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much, Hina. Honestly, it's been lovely. And I really, really have enjoyed your time. And you've got, you're very interesting. I loved it. I love I ramble I, loads. No, <laughs> I it, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I love it's when you are in a small business. And I know that we talk about there's lots of networks out there for small business owners now but it's just recognizing that everybody feels the same and it's absolutely yeah. normal to feel like this as a small business owner it's absolutely normal to you know self-sabotage be an imposter but also love every single bloody minute that's it well 100 yeah maybe 90 of every minute <laughs> I don't I don't like doing my accounts <laughs> uh, oh yeah can I say can I say I second that for that and bought that anything to yeah. do with paperwork go to my husband <laughs> yeah well yeah I do all of it now this is the thing I, I need I've, I've got to I've got to start thinking bigger about stuff like that but anyway that's that's a chat for another day yeah, that's a whole other podcast <laughs> Yeah, but thank you so much, Hina. I've really, really enjoyed it. I've, I think that's a, yeah, it's been brilliant. Oh, no worries, Claire. It's been lovely. And thank you so much for asking me to come onto your podcast. You are so, Absolute so welcome. pleasure. So welcome. <laughs> thank you so much, Hina. Take care of yourself. See you later, Andy. See you later. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the No Rest for the Vivid podcast. Written, produced and hosted by Claire Hill and music has been composed by my brother, Bill Vigler.